Hey, welcome to another episode of Private Lives in Public Spaces. If you're someone who has some sort of talent or an important message to share with the world, whether you're an entrepreneur or a coach or a creative, if you're looking to inspire or help make a difference, but you're not sure how to put yourself out there in meaningful ways, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Because each week on this show, we'll hear powerful personal stories and discuss how you too can harness the power of vulnerability and authentic storytelling to develop your personal brand, to build an online following, and to create impact. In this episode, I sit down with David Sherry. Not only is he super successful when it comes to building online businesses, he also helps people and companies to convey their brands in unique ways. Tune into this episode. This is one of my favorites so far in terms of the insights. We talk about how to not just do what everyone's doing, but to create something new and authentic and cool and different. We also talk about whether it's possible to upload a whole unified self as an online identity. And maybe that's not even possible. Maybe the internet is supposed to be fragmented pieces of yourself strewn across different niches. Super interesting. Tune in. Let me know your thoughts in the comments and I hope you enjoy. All right. Welcome to another episode of Private Lives and Public Spaces. My guest today is David Sherry, a founder of deathtostock.com, also a brand builder at Brandswell. And he has a podcast called Creative Caffeine on how to lead yourself as a creative. And on top of that, he also has created a community chat room for people building hot brands. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you. Yes. Glad to be here. And uh, I love the name of your show because uh, I know we were talking a little bit before we started and I feel like it really encapsulates... Uh, it sounds like what you're getting after. I think it's a really interesting topic that has not been explored, I think, as much as you know, people think. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. You know, I'm going to throw this question at you now then. What sure. first comes to mind when you hear the words private lives in public spaces? I think that what comes to mind is something that everybody's battling with right now a little bit, which is we're spending more and more time online. And it's starting, you know, one thing that's really interesting about that a little bit is to be visible online, you have to create something, you have to share something. Yes. Whereas to be visible in public, you just have to be yourself. Like you're always, you know, visible in anywhere you are. So I, love it. I think we struggle with this idea of if I'm not constantly online, am I invisible? And mm. this thing that's tough about that is kind of, yes, because, you know, when you're engaging with the community, you sort of have to make yourself known there. I just think that pressure or maybe this new kind of dimension of our lives that is happening so much on the internet, um, I think is something to grapple with. So I don't know if that's you know exactly what you're getting at with the title, but that that kind of tug that we're feeling between IRL and, and I guess URL, uh, <laughs> like oh. term is like, you know, that's what's, uh, I think that's tough for a lot of people. David, absolutely. So I love what you just said. IRL versus URL. I am stealing that. <laughs> I probably That's stole a- it from somebody, so I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. Um, but I'm sure someone said that before. 
No, you hit the nail on the head there. Absolutely. I, I personally came up with this because this is something I grapple with, but also that I see so much of online. I love the way you put it too, is to have presence, you have to put yourself out there. And if you don't put yourself out there, do you even exist and who are you? But then the other question becomes, is this person or this identity that you're putting forward authentic? Is it real? Is it true to who you are, IRL? And there's all these discrepancies here, I find. And and that's where this power of authenticity, you know, there's something really powerful there. I think we're all on to this. You know, we're all seeing when something doesn't feel real, we, we get a vibe for it. I, would you agree that you can sense when somebody isn't what they might be coming across as or trying to put across? Yeah. So I, I think we both agree. And I think I also disagree in, in a slightly different way. So I think that for sure, people can sense what somebody's putting out there in whether it's sort of this manipulation or this, uh, I guess, just like energy of like, I'm trying to appear a certain way. That's gross. I think it turns people off and I think people can sense it. And for sure that I guess the transition from who you are in real life to online in that that transition, you're almost like in that filter, that can definitely happen. And we're even given filters for that to happen, right? We're given Instagram filters to make the picture look different. So I think that is that is true. I agree with that. Now, I think one thing that, that I maybe disagree with is that I actually think that in some ways, the internet is empowering people to be more authentic. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is what I find really fascinating is let's say you're you're somebody who I grew up in Ohio, a small you know small kind of city in Ohio, and I think if I was just living there, um, I might be very much I guess like swayed by people around me to sort of like a certain type of stuff, to participate in a certain type of like event or community. But what I think is happening online is we're actually splintering our identities into probably a more authentic version of ourselves. It's less cohesive. It's less one. A very clear narrative, but I think it's actually more real in a certain sense. And I'll, I'll give you a more clear example of that. So what I find really interesting is you can be, you know, Joe Montana in Ohio. If I looked at your Spotify, I might find, you know, rap caviar as your favorite playlist. If I look at your Netflix, I might find, you know, documentaries about World War II. If I look at, you know, your Twitter feed, it might be sports. If I look at you know, this other subreddit that you follow, it's about, you know, some obscure hobby related to painting with a certain type of oils. Like, I actually think that the internet gives us all these spaces to express ourselves in a variety of channels that's much more rich than maybe who someone might think we are when it's just like in person. So I find it very fascinating that, that one person can participate in thousands of niche groups. You know, I might have an Etsy store where I sell knitting but my Spotify's rap caviar and my favorite book <laughs> list from Amazon is about, you know, about comedians or something. It's like, that is a very rich expressed person who's not holding back who they really are. Um, so I guess maybe where we slightly disagree or maybe not at all is that the internet can be very empowering for what I would call an authentic expression, which is it's un, you know, it's untethered. <laughs> like I can be who I want to be in any space. I love it. I think what you're saying too is that we have so many facets, right? We're so different 
what our personalities are made up of so many different, sometimes clashing things. Like you said, the wrap caviar might not go along with knitting, but that is who we are and who we are. Our identity is built up of so many of these different little things. And I love how you've described that. I do agree that that is a beautiful thing about the internet is being able to express yourself in all those ways, which in person, when you meet somebody, it's much harder to see that. So do you think that we can use all that stuff that we're uploading? You know, there's just so much, right? It's all fragmented and all over the place. You work with brands. Is there a way that you can take all those pieces? This is something I struggle with personally and, and sew them together to be able to paint a picture of who you are as a personal brand. Do you have any thoughts on that? I, I think that is an amazing segue because I think that is the struggle, right? So mm-hmm. on the one hand, it's amazing. I can be in the knitting community. I can be in this other weird you know, <laughs> subreddit. But the problem is then we're kind of fractured. And I, I think that is the struggle is that we want to be kind of seen you know, as like a whole human. And I think that's much easier in person. So the flip side is that you know, when you're engaging with people in real life and you're spending a lot of time with them, I think almost just naturally because of the communication and the relationship, it's easier to feel like you are somebody who kind of belongs in the group, who has a relationship. And I think the problem is when I am in that subreddit and I'm an avatar, it's not my real name. I'm only checking it occasionally or whatever. It's like, you don't get that full richness. And and I, I definitely think that is a struggle for people who are looking to try to build a personal brand is we want to be able to communicate everything that we are in one like location. And I think yes. my opinion, it's just not possible. Mm. It's not possible. And it's confusing to people who are trying to navigate the internet, the way that the internet is built, which mm-hmm. is in niches. Right. And so does that mean we can't still build, um, you know, a, a good personal brand quote unquote, or like, you know, have, have a big audience or have a big community, whatever. no, but I think to try to tie everything together is actually a very difficult thing, if not impossible to do. And that's something we just have to mentally grapple with. Like, it, yeah, I think that's what is, is feeling tough. We want to be seen as a whole human, but that's not the way that the internet sees people. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, this is something I've personally been through and I've been trying my website and my project is called Making JGB. Those are my initials, Making Jesh and Jeff Brown. And it's how do I make a living out of my passions? How do I put myself out there and build a personal brand? And within that project, I'm trying to tell my story and I'm trying to sew together all these pieces of myself so that when you go to my website, you see who I am and you understand. And listen, I've been doing this for over 10, 15 years now because I've never found the answer of how to sew all that together and portray it. So I'm still searching. I'll be honest. I I am convinced there is a way to do this, whether it's through a video digital storytelling sort of project, whether it's through uh, marrying different communities together, whether it's visual or narrative. I don't know. And this is a project, a vision that I've had for a long time. But I, I really appreciate what you're saying is that it's not really built that way. And maybe that's something that we want to do. We want for people to know who we are and our story. And our story is really important to a lot of us who have personal brands, but maybe it's okay for that to be segmented and, and broken up all over the internet. Do you think that 
it's easy for people to figure out who you are and what your story is just by searching around online and figuring that out on their own. I, I love that we're talking about this because I think it really gets at the heart of this like deep sort of rub that we all feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I the way I think about it is, and we can even kind of use this like meta example of our conversation right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have other interests than brand. I have other interests than let's say stock photography or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so when I get brought on, let's say a podcast, the thing that I try to be conscious of now is not how do I share myself? How do I share my full story, my full expression? What I try to think about is how do I share the specific stories, the specific expressions that helps serve the people that I'm trying to communicate with, that helps the person I'm talking to get as much you know, information or help as I can. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you came on and started asking me, you know, Hey, like this, this show is about personal brand and like, like, tell me your thoughts. And I'm like, well, let me tell you about my interest in like classic cars or whatever. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of, again, it's just like, I don't think that these modes of conversation are, are built that way. And honestly, in a certain way, it's not the best way that I can serve people. I think the best way that I can serve people is giving them the, the message that they're seeking at the right time without feeling this need to communicate all things at once, which I think then muddies that ability to help somebody to serve, um, et cetera. So I think what I, what I like to maybe even help people with is how do we show up in spaces, listen to understand where someone's coming from, and then express those stories, those parts of ourselves that we light up telling, that they light up hearing, because it's all kind of a match. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you, you meet with somebody at a party and it's kind of your job to figure out like, what's their thing? Oh, they're really into rap. Let's talk about rap caviar. I'm not going to tell you about the knitting, you know, <laughs> yeah. at least for now, you can bring that out later. Um, so I almost think we're bigger than that. Like, I think we have too much to bottle up and I don't want to box myself in, <laughs> but to communicate with somebody, to connect with them, I just find you have to, you have to meet on that kind of common ground. Um, and I do think there are some downsides. I think, again, like I was saying, maybe you don't feel as fully seen Uh, or Mm -hmm. present the way you would in a group. And I agree. I think that's a problem, but I guess for the purposes of connecting, you know, online, I just, I can't work against that fact anymore because I just, it feels maybe futile to me. And it also feels more enjoyable when I don't do that. And I I connect with somebody and I really like maybe make an impact or serve through the discussion that's, that's wanting to be had. So I don't even know if I answered your question there, but... No, it's this is fascinating. I'm glad that you shared all that. I'm actually like writing notes (laughs) as we're going along because I think that everything you're saying has value. There's definitely something to be taken there in that maybe this medium is just not made for us to put our ourselves out there in that way. And I think you've got some great tips there for reaching out one-on-one, right? I think it is important to connect with people and find what it is that you have in common. But also as a personal brand, it makes sense to be telling people or to be building audiences that have a specific thing in common. You can't help everybody. And I think that's a good segue into your work with brands, right? So you're working with brands and my understanding is that you help them to find what differentiates themselves or the companies or the people from others. Is that correct? Exactly. It's, it's what is the natural sort of voice here that you already have that is really unique and amazing 
but because you're the one who has it, it's kind of hard for you to see, you know, what is that mm-hmm. trait? What's that skill set? What is the way that you make people feel that if you were able to dial that up across your brand uh, in any type of channel in any type of interaction, it could be an email, a phone call in a hiring, you know, when you're hiring somebody, you know, how are you communicating your brand um, in all of those different ways? And what I try to distill for people or help really be like a sounding board, like I, I don't feel like it's me telling them, uh, anything new. It's more me listening and kind of extracting and uh, reflecting maybe the things that I notice. And I think those are the things maybe a lot of people notice. Maybe they can't put words to them. And maybe my skill set is being able to put words to that or codifying what it is. But yeah, that's what I like to help brands with. I don't help with like performance marketing, like ads or anything like that. Um, I, I don't even help with maybe some of the tactical in- implementation as much as what's the message and and that Mm -hmm. voice, what's that special kind of item. And then the strategy for how do we show up in that way, you know, everywhere. Right. And so I guess if we use the analogy of the party, you're helping somebody to find somebody else who has similar messages. Is that right? I'm hoping to listen when I'm in a conversation with someone new and point out something really special about them. Um, mm-hmm. and, and saying, you know what, like that was really unique the way you said that. I'll give you a quick example. This is kind of random, but I was in a, um, kind of like a mastermind type group and somebody in the group was a copywriter for like full time. Mm-hmm. And she told the story about how she grew up in a, what used to be a schoolhouse. So her bedroom growing up actually had chalkboards like all over. Mm-hmm. Um, and she told the story about how like she grew up in a room with chalkboards and she became a copywriter. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that is amazing. Like, have you told other people that story? Because I want to work with you. Your brand makes so much sense to me now. I picture all of it. I want, you know, chalk in your logo or whatever. Um, and it was just like an offhanded thing, but it's kind of like, can you hear what maybe a unique story is? Or can you hear the way that somebody sort of interacts um, and, and then help them see that? I just want to point them to see, hey, like you have this. Mm-hmm. What if you dialed that up? And, and, you know, maybe this is a little bit of a solve to the problem we're talking about, which is, it's not so much about maybe the specific tactics, but maybe your personal brand is the way you make people feel every time you talk with them. Mm-hmm. And when you're consistent in that way, you know, people will start calling you for <laughs> that feeling effectively. And, and everybody's got different talents and different ways of interacting. That's amazing. I can I can feel <laughs> what it is that you're describing and I've never heard of it put this way. So how is it that you're interacting with these brands? Are these brands organizations? Are they companies? Are they people? A little bit of both? Yeah. So my, my take is that an organization, uh, it's like, obviously it's like always people, right? And typically the brands I work with, the founder or founders or leadership team, they have... They're, they're very critical to sort of that voice already. So I, I kind of call them like founder-led businesses, which is like, sure. it's kind of clear that the brand stems from them, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean that they don't have like a team that's super helpful and is like, you know, doing a ton of the, the legwork and everything. But it's like, there's something about that founder's story or message or maybe influence on, on the brand or, or even just like their sales or whatever. They're so like involved that that's the thing that needs to be teased out. It's like, you have something special already we just need to highlight it and then understand it, let everyone else own it and essentially like represent that in everything we do. 
Because when we show up in any channel with any idea in that way, you leave people feeling the way that you want to feel. And I, I think a good brand sort of sets up this like aspiration that other people get to join uh, and, and sort of participate in and grow themselves. And an example of that is like, you know, if you're, if you're a YouTuber or whatever, people are watching you kind of grow and evolve if they follow you for a long time. And I think those are the most interesting kind of people to follow mm-hmm. is like, you're, you're on this journey, right? Like I'm watching this person evolve right before my eyes. That's the way that I want to evolve. Yes. So I'm going to follow along because, you know, I feel connected to that. Yes. I totally get that. And that is totally what I'm trying to do with my project with making JGB. So when you're with a client like this and you found something in them, how, how does that end up as uh, messaging? So are you turning this into like copywriting? Are you turning this? How is it that you're able to help them once you've figured out what it is that they're, they're, what their mojo is, I guess? Yeah. So I like to say that it's, um, it's not a box. I'm not going to write out like a perfect script and tell you to stay within the confines of, uh, you know, these kind of parameters. It's, it's kind of the opposite. It's like, actually, when you realize this is kind of the simple way that you uh, lead people, this is the aspiration. This is kind of like how you make people feel the voice. Like there's thousands of ways we can represent that. You know, there's like just infinite, um, I guess, possibilities to show up in that way. It's kind of like freedom. It's like the opposite. Um, and so what we try to do is we, you know, we nail down kind of what, what is that kind of feeling? And then we translate that into actions really across any channel, any, you know, it could be updates to your website. It could be how you email your clients. It could be onboarding. It could be Mm -hmm. social. It could be launching a new podcast. Um, there's so many ways to express it you know, once it's clear. Um, and I'll try to make that a little more concrete to you. So death to stock, um, you know, our, the way we make people feel is we take them from stuck and sort of down on their work mm-hmm. to excited and back at their laptop. And it's almost like when we interact with them, we kind of want them to be like, Oh, okay, shut up. I'm, I'm running back on my laptop now. Like I'm ready. Yeah. Like I'm like, we're kind of like this caffeine hit essentially, which is why, you know, the creative caffeine is kind of the, the mm-hmm. other theme um, I have. Um, and so how, how do you help people feel that way about your brand? You know, and there's so many options there. And I'll give you one kind of uh, fun example. We, we launched this thing called the Mystery USB, which is a, a USB thumb drive. Uh, and it was like an emergency creative stick that you plug in that had all these resources on it when you were mm-hmm. feeling like burned out, you know? Yep. Um, and it's like, that's a weird thing to do, but it makes sense, you know? Or like a video you put together, like that's like, it's just, yeah, there's so many ways you can express that feeling. So I'm kind of agnostic to all that. And, and usually, honestly, the teams are the ones who get excited and have the ideas, not me. Absolutely. So you're helping to trigger something in them that they then realize that that's their mojo. I'm using mojo, but does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, no, that's sense? a great term for it. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. We do do that. Like, what if we sent this card out to all of our, you know, d- distributors and had this, this, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that sounds amazing. I feel like just based on the energy of how you're presenting that, I'm excited. And I, I feel like everyone, you know, they, they know their brand better than me. They, they have the magic, not me. 
Mm-hmm. So you're really triggering something within them to help them realize what it is that they're good at. And then they're finding, or you're working together to find ways to recreate that feeling in any number of forms, right? Yep. That's, that, I, I, I'm going to listen back to this and I can write down <laughs> what you just said, because I, I think you, I think you described it better than me. That's great. I, I've never thought of it that way, but it looks like from what I've seen in your, your bio and everything, you tend to think outside of the box, right? Uh, what was it that I read with death to stock? There was something death to stock was a right turn when everyone else was going less left. And unless you have mm-hmm. the courage to do something that will engage with people in a unique way, you won't have the opportunity to share your product, build a business or grow your impact the way you want to. So you're really helping people to think outside of the box in that way, right? I think you think outside of the box when you are not just following like the the template and you're thinking more from your own kind of like just creative brain, I guess. So rather than mm-hmm. people t- like taking a box and saying like, we're going to do this because that's like what you do. It's like, I almost think that people naturally are all super creative and thinking of new ideas uh, sometimes it's hard to have the permission to do them or follow through. You know, the idea feels cool and exciting and then you shut it down. Um, but yeah, I think like, I don't think people actually have that big of a problem coming up with those ideas if they have kind of the space and maybe permission to have them. The permission to have them. I like that. So would you say that people have ideas that they hold back because they're afraid of, I guess, criticism or uh, that they're going to be told that it's what, too crazy, too over the top? Do you hear that a lot in your, in your work? I don't hear that a lot in my work because I think, the, I guess almost the premise is, is, you know, people who kind of self-select uh, get that. They, they realize that they've been doing the same thing everyone else has been doing and not mm-hmm. getting results. And so it's time to try something new. But I do think it's hard for all of us. It, it's just funny because we get like this excited idea. Like it's always a what if, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's a, so there's a, a, you know, friend of mine, he, he's actually the guy who started that jacuzzi club. I, I help organize it. Um, he launched this thing called Poolside FM, which is like just the most amazing like project. It's basically, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's poolside.fm. It's a 90s player that looks like the desktop that you'd have in like Windows 96. And it plays crazy 80s music and like it has music videos from YouTube plugged in there and everything on it is just like so detailed, so well done. It is like a crazy idea. Okay. And and yet when they launched that, and that must've started as a what if, right? Like what if we recreated Windows 96, built this, this music player, call it Poolside FM. The tagline is the sun never sets. <laughs> and it's like this like, you know, beachy vibe, crazy website. Anyways, went totally viral. Uh, he, he said, he's like, people are like messaging me because they want to invest. He's like, I've worked on stuff where like, I'll work so hard to make a certain you know project happen. And then we just had this crazy what if idea. And like suddenly it's all this inbound, it's all this attention. And yeah, I just think some of the best ideas start with that what if. You have to be excited about it. Like I, I can't understand people working on something that they're not personally excited about and thinking is like actually stretching the boundaries of you know whatever their field is or you know, sure. for, for me, like, I know I already used the USB example, but it just sounded like fun. It just sounded awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it made a lot of sense to me. It hit our, you know, kind of core values. 
and that sold out day one. Wow. (laughs) We actually had people being kind of pissed off that we didn't have more, (laughs) like it's, and it's always kind of a shock. Like I'm never, I'm always surprised to be honest when something works, but it, it, I feel like the hit rate is so much better when you come from that place. When you come from that place of authenticity and passion and, and where all those things sort of collide and you get that excited feeling that you want to bring to others, right? It's, it's almost yeah. like all of that culminates to create something that you then want to share with somebody else. Yeah. And, and just the what if. So like one thing we were just joking about was like, what if we created a beeper, like, a, you know, those pagers, like a beeper, but like updated, you know, yeah. for like 2020, <laughs> like what would you even do with that? Like, I don't know. And like, that just sounds fun and interesting to me. And I'm not saying like, I'm going to do that. And it kind of has to make sense, you know, for the brand, but like sure. there's stuff like that gets me excited. And I think other people see that and, and feel it too. And so I guess that's the route that I try to take rather than what I think the route is most people take, which is, oh, I'm supposed to have a blog, you know? Oh yeah. We, yeah. I don't even know. I think we, we just do stuff because we think we're supposed to, but I, I don't think that leads to anything new or anything interesting. And I think another interesting topic we could even cover is like, you're not being an artist, I guess. And I think artists have a huge opportunity right now because being an artist means doing something new. Yeah. I think you're onto something there. Okay. This, what if is stuck in my head right now? And I have to ask, I'm getting the impression that you're a doer. You're an executor. You're somebody who has an idea like what if, and then you're able to build something. When I think of what if ideas, I get that energy. I get that passion, but then I feel stunted because I don't know how to get stuff off of the ground or how to get started. And if you look at any of my personality, uh, these personality reports or whatever online, it says that I'm an ideas person. And it, and I know there are others that are executors. What are your thoughts on that? If, if there are people out there that, that want to think outside of the box and have these what-if ideas, do you have any tips on how to just get started? It's a good question. I've been thinking about this myself because I think it is true I'm good at the sort of execution aspects. Mm-hmm. But also lately, I've been finding myself thinking more about uh, having other people kind of in in the process or in the mix. And, and honestly, when I think about times where things have gone best, I usually have someone else mm-hmm. um, sort of with me who can help kind of produce it. And mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like the last 20%. I'm actually pretty good at getting things moving, getting the structure, getting things off the ground. Sometimes I have trouble with the last 20%, the details, you know, the, the kind of final touches and, and polish. And so, yeah, it's something... I think maybe we just have to be self-aware of. I'm getting better about this myself. I, I had a friend of mine, uh, actually, uh, Sean, who he he's like the CEO of Death of Stock now. I, I kind of do more of this brand consulting work. And we were just catching up and he was saying like, dude, you need, you need somebody who can help produce these ideas for you to like get them across the finish line because mm-hmm. your output is going to be so much bigger. And mm-hmm. I've been taking that to heart. And yeah, I'm starting to work with more people like that who can who can do that. So I guess it's just some self-awareness. I, I feel capable of it, but it's just like not as good. So I don't know. I'm still thinking about that myself, but I'm, I'm trying to lean into surrounding myself with people who can support that. And I'm definitely someone who's, uh, I do a lot of stuff sort of solo. Like I feel like I'm making a lot yeah. of stuff happen by myself. And you know, it's funny, I'm, I'm kind of opening up to this, like 
maybe you need a team. <laughs> like maybe like yeah. maybe there's other people. And so, uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the midst of that shift. I mean, I've had it before and I, you know, I always kind of collaborate and work with a bunch of different people, but like very directly, this is kind of my vision. I need someone to help with this, this, and this, like, that's something I'm trying to, uh, get better at because, you know, for my work and kind of what you're we just discussing, I'm also trying to keep half my time doing so, you know, mm-hmm. I might work with a brand and their voice, but like half the time I'm creating my own stuff. I'm launching projects. Um, and yeah. I, I like that mix. I like to be kind of 50, 50 in, in both worlds. Yeah. I think you make a good point there. Having somebody else really does help. And that's what I'm learning in my own experience as well as I've tried to do everything on my own for so long and there's just too many pieces to juggle. And I do think it's true that each one of us has very unique attributes and some of us are better at execution. Some of us are better at ideas. That doesn't mean that we can't do those things, but having a partner in crime for this stuff really does help, whether it's keeping you accountable or whether it's brainstorming and keeping that energy and the excitement going. I think there is a lot to be said about reaching out and collaborating on things. So I'm curious, um, can you tell me a bit about Jacuzzi? So that's a chat room. Is that somewhere where people could come together to work on ideas? What's what's the premise there? Yeah, that's definitely an idea. I'd say it's still a work in progress a little bit. Again, uh, started by Marty. Marty owns a sunglasses company called Tens, has a bunch of, he did poolside, a bunch of other projects. So he kind of kickstarted this, this community, online community for brand builders. Definitely you can find collaborators on there. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, even if as I, as I think back now, like, I feel like some of the most fun campaigns we did at Death the Sock were with another brand or with another artist. So there's so much power like in that collaboration. Now, Jacuzzi Club, uh, you know, for me, it feels like the fun version. And I guess I say this as my own personality, but it feels like the fun version of like techie networking, which Ooh. is like, there's a bunch of tech kind of networking groups. You know, there's, I don't know, I don't want to like name names, but it's like, it feels very kind of forced, very much like, how, what am I getting out of this? Can I find a dev? Can I find a co-founder whatever? Whereas sure. like Jacuzzi is like kick back and like, Hey, all these people here are going to be doing cool stuff. Like they're all interesting people, they all have similar passions, but we can talk about whatever, like we, we can just hang out, you know? So we've been doing dinners. Cool. Um, we did one in uh, New York, uh, I think last week. Now that I think about it. We're doing a, one in LA soon. Um, and people can talk about work or you can talk about whatever. So I'd say it's just trying to be the fun like relaxed atmosphere, not like anti-networking, which whatever, um, of, you know, version, I guess some of these other kind of groups that, that get people together and yeah, help you find collaborators. That's so clever. And, and was that a, what if idea that came to fruition? Yeah. I have to say that's a, that's Marty's thing. Cause he, he yeah. kicked it off and, you know, we're kind of looking to expand a little bit and that's, there's some what ifs already. Like I'm working on a new what if for that, that's going to be fun that I hope we can put out soon. Um, and, and yeah, it again, it has to start with that excitement for you. Like you have to be able to picture like why that feels interesting or cool. And, you know, I have a, another newsletter um, that I keep, it's kind of more brand focused and, what I like to do with that newsletter is point out things other people did when they said, what if, mm-hmm. and try to like describe it to people or like, so I, I actually just shipped one this morning that was this guy who's got a newsletter about organizing your life. It's called super organizers. So, you know, every, every week he just like interviews somebody kind of like almost like the Marie Kondo type thing where like, yeah. how do you, how do you keep track of your digital files? How do you keep track of it? And you'd be surprised how many people have like, 
process and like all these details about oh my people. god i'm one of them <laughs> oh nice you should check it out yeah super I will. yeah superorganizers.substack.com and you know one thing he just did that i saw was like a cool what if is so he's had this newsletter about organization he's publishing all these interviews and he just launched software that helps you organize your mac so it's like if you have your files, you know, all over your desktop, he created a software that like, I don't even know exactly what it does, but it kind of helps you clean things up and keep it organized. And to purchase that software, you have to subscribe to his newsletter. Uh-huh. So, like, only like paid subscribers to his newsletter get access to the software, which I found to be very interesting as like a distribution. Anyways, that was a long story. All let's say, sometimes <laughs> I see other people do that and that gets me excited uh, and I like to post about that too. So yeah, I keep a newsletter where I point out, hey, here's someone who did a what if. Here's someone who did a what if. Um, and they're all over the place. All the projects we see and love, I think, started with that. You know, you could probably think of, I like to, when I work with um, people on the brand side, I, I ask, you know, like, what are the projects that you've loved recently? And more often than not, they're something that was, you know, interesting and kind of a what if. Absolutely. I think this is great for the audience here and the audience being people who are interested in building their personal brands. And if they don't want to just depend on themselves and their story, but creating something and putting something out in the world, one way to do that is to really just question, you know, what if we did this or what if we did that? And and maybe getting some help and putting your heads together to collaborate and get out there and work on something, right? Yeah, maybe helping other people too, right? Like what yes. if um, I saw this other person was doing something really interesting and I could support them you know, with my yes. skill? It doesn't need to be, I mean, that's the fun thing about like, you know, with the jacuzzi, like I'm saying, it's, I mean, Marty's the guy who kicked it off. I'm just here to support. I'm doing like a newsletter for it. I'm helping with some projects, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I'm not the, you know, the front and center of that. I love that you say that. So many people come to me and say, I, you have this remote life and how do I work online and how do I get this sort of freedom? And the thing that I tell them all the time, most of the time they want to know, you know, what course do I have to take and, and what, how, what do I need to learn? And I always say, it's really about who you know, and it's about getting out there and meeting people and, and finding your tribe. Because once you start being surrounded by these people and this energy, energy, opportunities come together. And it's not always what you think it's going to be, you know, it's but being in that place at that time, surrounded by the right people, that's when ideas flourish. And that's when projects come together. And like you've just described, you know, you can get involved, you can be the one to help with the newsletter, you can be somebody who, who helps somebody to get their idea off the ground. And, and maybe one day, it'll end up being your idea, that sort of thing. I do think the important piece of advice there is to just get out there and surround yourself with the right people on the right projects. Would you say the same? Yeah. I would ask the question, what if your personal brand got created by helping other people, by seeing, you know, areas that you could help and then starting to help and then having other people give you that feedback of like, Oh, you're actually really good at this. Like maybe that's the way to build your personal brand versus I have to write down in stone, you know, this perfect image And then once that's set, then I'll be golden. And I I think it could be the other way around. I love it. And so would you say that there is, um, and this is, I guess, a question for you more related to the brand of the show, Private Lives in Public Spaces. Would you say that you're careful to set a boundary with how much of yourself you put online? I think in my case, it's a good question. I think in my case, 
I actually fall error to not sharing enough rather mm. than sharing too much. Um, recently, I, I wrote like a newsletter that was about, I was just in New York City last week and hosting a dinner and stuff. And I wrote like a very personal, like, I actually included the names of a bunch of people I met up with. It was like, it was like, yeah, this week, this morning, I grabbed coffee with like Jordy. And then like this afternoon, me and Trevor met up and it was like very personal. And I actually got a bunch of feedback from people being like, I love that. Like, I felt like I was like, <laughs> you know, I don't know, like hanging out with you all, even though you're just sharing. So I'd actually yeah. say that my, maybe it's different for everybody, um, but my kind of error is like, I, I should actually express more. I think that'd probably be better uh, in general for community, you know, whatever. So I, I need to work on that. And, sure. I, and I share a lot, which is funny, but I still think <laughs> more. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I think we do have a tendency to do what we would do in real life. So maybe is that something that you wouldn't put out there in real life? And so online, maybe you didn't, you know, share all about who you've been surrounding yourself with. It's a good question. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Right. If you're like in a group or something like that, would you, would you share that? Um, I don't totally know. But I think, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that when it, I guess to me, it just always comes back to where's it coming from. So like that newsletter was like, I wasn't trying to show off and I hope mm -hmm. nobody thought that uh, it just felt like a fun thing to talk about. It was like, Hey, sure. here's like a bunch of people I knew online that we finally met in person. And here's what that was like. Here's a quote that they said to me that stuck. Um, it just felt good. So I guess I actually feel like there's infinite, I can share infinitely if it comes from the right place and I should share zero if it's coming from a place of wanting to be perceived a certain way or, you know, trying sure. to appear like I'm whatever. I love that. I think you're totally on to something there. And that is to think about things before you put them online, right? So that's a really important step when you're creating this sort of content is why am I putting this out here, right? What is the yeah, purpose yeah. of this? Yeah. Do I want to, um, do I want to, am I posting this because I'm looking for likes, which we all do in high occasion, but it's like, keep that to a minimum. Um, and share things that you think are fun, interesting. You're not thinking about it. You're like, oh yeah, that was just like a fun thing to share. And versus, you know, sometimes we get stuck. And it's like crafting, right? It's like more edits, more tweaks to the copy. That stuff actually doesn't do as well, I don't think, than the natural. Yeah, I don't know. So it was fun. And so I'm curious to know, are you at all alarmed by the ways in which people are putting so much of themselves online? I think... I'm alarmed at the way that we process who we are as it relates to the internet. I think that is Ooh. very uh, uphill battle. Like to, to me, we will spend more and more time online, you know, like we will continue to move all of our like IRL stuff on online. That's just going to continue maybe forever. Um, so I don't think we can really fight against that. Um, I don't even know if it's, you know, morally good or, or, or not good to fight against that. I think it just, it, it kind of is, it's our, it's our evolution a little bit as, as a species. The concern I always have is when change like this happens to society very drastically, I'm concerned about the effects of how we perceive ourselves as people. And that is alarming. And that's very much reflected obviously in, you know, depression, suicide, like anxiety. Um, so those to me are all symptoms that I, I wish we would maybe talk about more or I wish there's more opportunities for people to get, get you know, help on that. 
So I think that's the thing that's concerning to me. You know, there's privacy, which is maybe a different rabbit hole. You don't need to go down. That's obviously concerning. But again, I think I maybe I'm more practical about it, but I'm just like, this is where we are headed. I think there's a lot of benefits. Clearly, we're seeing some downsides. What can we do to mitigate in this time of transition culturally the the downsides that are that are happening? Um, so I guess that's where my focus would be. And I'm yeah, it's actually a huge area of interest to me. I hope that a lot of my work um, in a weird way kind of helps with that, even though maybe we're talking about other topics. Um, I mean, really, I guess what we're discussing today is, is part of that. Like, how do we reconcile this transition that's happening? Um, so I'm yeah, very much interested in that conversation, but to me, I'm, I'm focused on helping people through not preventing or avoiding or, or whatever. Absolutely. Ugh, I, I love everything you just said. I think you're right. This is the direction that we're going in. And so let's talk about this. Let's spread some awareness. There are things that you can do. It definitely could go overboard, but let's talk about it. You know, why is that considered overboard and what's right for you? And is that right for everyone? And just the conversation around it is really important because I think you're right. It's unavoidable. We are going in this direction and, and let's Let's all just help one another out and give each other feedback and, and be honest and authentic about it. Yeah. And I'd say thank you because what you're providing right now is a forum for a discussion that is, you know, not being had. So, uh, yeah, I, I just say thanks, you know, cause that's, that's what you're doing right now. I appreciate that because it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And it was a what if of mine quite a while ago mm -hmm. that I've now been able to, to bring to life. Thanks to content and allies and to Jake Jorgavan and um, thanks to help from others. It's come to life. And now we have this forum. So if anyone would like to be on the show and, and to have a chat about this, please feel free to get in touch and, David, I want to give you a moment to plug some of your projects. We've talked about a few of your really interesting um, projects that you've been working on. Can you tell people how to find what it is that you've been working on online? Yeah, you know, I think actually the two best places, and maybe I can send you these links that really will help kind of uh, people find me, is if they sign up to my newsletter, like usually that's a great place to kind of keep in touch, and that's caffeine.blog. Um, and then, uh, my Twitter is another good place. I'd say that people can find me. Um, and that's at, uh, underscore Branswell. Uh, and I'll send you those links so, so people can find that. But usually like the newsletter, like I'd say if people like this conversation and they like these themes, it's kind of what I try to communicate frequently, um, through, yeah, through email. Uh, I've been doing that a long time and it's, it's the best place to engage. And I'm always, you know, people can always hit reply. Like that's, that's why I love the email as a forum is, I post something and I get a lot of people messaging me and we, we talk kind of in, in that way. I love it. I will share those links in the description. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a really great chat. I hope it's been enlightening for everyone listening. This has been another episode of Private Lives in Public Spaces and I am your host, Jess. Thanks. Thank you. I hope you found tons of value in this week's episode. If this has inspired you and you know somebody who could benefit from putting themselves out there in meaningful ways, please share the love and tell your friends about the show. 
Remember, you can sign up to be a guest. This is a safe space where you can talk about your story. If you have a story to tell and you need a place where you can provide context to tell and to connect and to share, please go to makingjgb.com. Check out the private lives and public spaces section. And on that page, you'll also find this episode's show notes check it out and make sure you don't miss any future episodes by subscribing to the podcast guys that's it for me i'm jgb until next time remember just because you can doesn't mean you should think about it